When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Life's better with American Family Insurance because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote. Find an agent at AmFam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit AmFam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from Lighthouse Hockey and the Fans First Sports Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me on this Sunday evening via Zencaster is my friend Michael Eboff. And Mike, uh, we got a lot to get to despite the fact that the Islanders have still not said anything. We're on like week, four. it's got to be week four now of this, right? I mean, we're well into the uh, conference finals and we ha- still have not heard from Lou Lamorello, but that doesn't mean that we don't have stuff to talk about because uh, we, we are going to get into something, but uh, then we're going to get into a, a topic that we... Uh, we enjoy very much and uh, people have enjoyed hearing us talk about. It. So uh, I hope you're ready. Yeah. Part two of, uh, <laughs> of how, I don't know how many. Yeah. Right. It could, it could end up being, you know, the right. J.R.R. Tolkien, you know, length <laughs> right. phenomenon here, but yeah. uh, well, I'm really excited. Time, movies are big. Sequels are out. Fast X is out. You know, we've got a flash reboot coming. So <laughs> the time for that sort of thing but we will get to that in due time i promise uh but i there is a couple there is something i want to talk about in terms of the islanders before we get there maybe we'll throw in a little coyotes talk at the end of this segment too but um so in listening to our episode last week we talked about the andrew gross's story about how he believes that lou lamorello uh is going to be getting a contract extension worth three years and we talked a lot about lou and and you know his that that whole thing and and you know whether or not he should be brought back and what we felt about it but one person we left out of that conversation ironically even though he is also mentioned in that story was lane lambert uh it sounds like lambert would also be brought back uh land under lamorello and and would get an extension which uh 
you know, I, I don't think is surprising, but uh, definitely is is worth discussing. Uh, we all kind of lived through Lambert's first year. It was not smooth by any stretch of the imagination, but at the end of the day, they did make the playoffs. Um, I, you know, I just want to state up front. I, I didn't think he would get fired. It's pretty rare for a coach in the NHL to get fired after one year without any sort of extenuating circumstances. And, you know, uh, again, you know, uh, although we might, it might have felt that way. Uh, having a bad power play is not an extenuating circumstance. So uh, I'll just throw it to you. Like, what are your feelings on on Lambert? We're uh, assuming he comes back again. It's not a surprise necessarily, but uh, you know, we, we were kind of light on the coach all year long. But uh, now, if he comes back for year two, I guess we have to start forming an opinion. So, what do you feel about uh, Lambert coming back for uh, another year behind the bench? I think the fact that we were light on him, and I think most people were i mean there was a lot of you know fire lambert stuff out there um, january so yeah. yeah and then even towards like the end of that playoff series too and uh every i mean every shift that sam bolduc <laughs> took in game two i was yeah. like Oof. Mm. but um i think that's just gonna happen with any coach like mm. you're gonna hear some some folks out there who I uh, just want the coach to be shown the trap door. Um, and I think the fact that Lambert's like his name just like rarely came up even on our show or whenever anyone was talking about the Islanders, because I don't think anyone knows. <laughs> right? Like, right. I don't think anyone knows if, if what kind of job he did. Right. Uh, there were certainly some significant issues that he never sorted out. Uh, the the power play, of course, is number one. I think that it's not even loyalty, but the, the to to some guys on the power play, but the the lack of a plan B uh, in certain situations, and and that was something I think we criticized Trotz for yeah. too, is that if Plan A doesn't work, just try Plan A harder. <laughs> uh, and it, Lambert was his Plan A's just weren't as good as they were when Barry Trotz was here, whether that was personnel or coaching i don't know but they they just really didn't they didn't seem to when when things would get you know hairy the islanders had trouble kind of adjusting mm. and one kind of weird phenomenon this season that that went on that nobody ever talked about i mean we 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 talked about it early in the year was that the islanders for like the first eight or ten weeks of the season were around the league lead in goals at five on five yeah that was weird i was thinking about that today <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah it was it was like them and then seattle and yeah. a couple other weird teams buffalo up there and the other one stayed up there and the islanders didn't <laughs> uh because there was that whole narrative about oh they're gonna play wide open this year that or right. not or more open they're gonna be more free-flowing and, right. and well we yeah. wanted more offense out yeah. of barry trotz and now you got it and that yes. was true up until december and then exactly true. and then um I I always come back to this game that that Kraken game that started the whole disaster. The Islanders had a little momentum. They go out west and they were puffing their chests out about how they were going to carry the momentum. Uh, and I, I I still remember Anders Lee's post game after they won whoever they beat. I think that was might have been a Penguins game. Uh, and then they flew out west mm. and uh, he's like, yeah, you know, the first game out West is always a little tough. You take some time to adjust to it. And as soon as he said that, I was like, oh, so he's already making an excuse for them to lose against <laughs> Seattle. And then, and then they're going to have to 
do the Alberta two-step, which is going to be hard. Or they play right. Vancouver, then see Alberta two-step. And uh, yeah, it just didn't work out. And after that trip, the Islanders went from like tangibly being a team that played this more activated style, more pressure, more mm. all action kind of type, like almost kind of like the hurricanes look in a way. Mm. Yeah. Uh, just not as good. And then all <laughs> of a sudden it was like, they, they turned off all the spigots and, and yeah. <laughs> like shut off the water valve right? because uh, then they became the Islanders that we were used to, which was, okay, we're just going to try to win every game three, two and just mm. claw it's, you know, dig up as many points as we can. Cause we're, gonna need to do that to make the postseason i actually don't think that was the a bad idea if they had continued to, to try right. to play this offensive buzzy style like they would have missed mm. the playoffs by eight or ten points um <laughs> so i guess that adjustment was correct in a big mm. picture sense but when you looked at like game to game it just seems like they never found a way to adjust to the situation whether they would go down early they'd, they'd get a lead uh they, they just never really seemed to manage it um but I don't. I don't know. I. I like. Yeah. This is all going to lead me back to saying, I have no idea mm. if if you did a good job or a bad job. I feel like this is a lot of my teachers probably looked at my <laughs> report card at the end of the year, depending on the subject. Or like, mm. oof. Like, <laughs> yeah. He did his homework. Yeah. Um, he he didn't shut the fuck up. Mm. But he didn't. He didn't. He wasn't mean. And he wasn't rude. Mm. Was he a good student or a bad student? I don't know. At the end of the C, day, he was C above plus. the cutoff line. Yeah, basically, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it would have been the same thing. At the end of the day, you did the job, right? right. So can't yeah. really complain too much. Yeah. And, and that was that. And, yeah. and uh, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. But I, yeah. I really would love to, you know, do a one of those type of articles that Pierre Lebrun seems to have cornered the market on <laughs> where you ask around the league executives ask, yeah. you know, we I would like, like an anonymous it. thing because, yeah. and whether it's Island Islander fans or whatever, I, cause I don't, I think there would be some people at both extremes. Actually, I don't even know if there's any people on the, the one extreme, which is like, he did great. I don't yeah. think, I don't think I heard that once. Right. Honestly. Uh, but I did hear a bunch of people saying the opposite. And, <laughs> uh, and then I think most like the 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 average out would be most people sitting where I think you and I know I am, which is mm. I got I got no idea. Like I I I wouldn't I don't think I would be heartbroken if tomorrow the Islanders like we were parting ways with him. Mm. Nor would I be concerned if he's the coach on <laughs> opening night. So right. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Again, it, it gets back to something I've talked about a few times, which is that like Barry Trotz sort of ruined us. Like here comes this guy uh, who's unlike any other coach we've had before. He's, you know, accomplished. He's experienced. He's won a Stanley Cup in this case, literally the year before he, he took over the Islanders. And within a couple of months and like right off the bat, actually, he was mad that guys were missing assignments and not following the game plan. And we had never seen that before. And he demanded that they you know, win games, which again was mind blowing. And then by December of that year, we talked about this a lot. They had started to round into what they would eventually become, which is this sort of defensive buzzsaw that no, they didn't score enough, but they didn't score a lot, but they didn't really need to because they didn't give you anything. It was, if you managed to progress past the neutral zone, that was almost the best you could hope for against these guys under Lambert. There was no such sort of transformation. Like it was more like, and I, I know uh, this is going to, 
cause a lot of people to roll their eyes, but it was a little bit more like the sort of Jack Capuano era in the sense that like, obviously he's teaching these guys something, but it's hard for us to determine what that is because every game they seem like a different team. Like, you know, there would be games where they would score five goals and, and win easily. And then there were games when they could not get a scoring chance at all, let alone a goal. And so I think that's where a lot of the, the sort of unknown quantities of Lane Lambert come from. Uh, it's, it's hard to, again, I I'm with you. Like, it's hard to give the guy a report card. You listen to the, the postseason press stuff from the players and, most of them had really great things to say, particularly the defensemen, you know, would go into detail about how much uh, he helped them. And then you'd have other guys that were like, eh, it was, it was fine. You know, uh, Josh Bailey obviously didn't seem too thrilled, but he's the guy who got scratched a bunch. So including on his, what would have been his thousand game. So uh, I could see that too, but uh, it is funny. You're right though. It's very rare. It was very rare for somebody to be like, man, what a great job by Lane Lambert until the end when they did make the playoffs and people did say like, Hey, you know what? At the end of the day, again, he, there's that phrase again. He did get them to where they needed to be. Although, as we've talked about many times, uh, they got a little bit of help from the Chicago Blackhawks uh, and the Pittsburgh Penguins in that that scenario. And I mean, had the Penguins won that fateful game, you know, whatever it was the Tuesday before the end of the season, um, we might be having a very different conversation about Lane yeah. Lambert. <laughs> and yeah. uh, it would not be as complimentary or at least uh, incomplete, I should say. Yeah, Pete, he owes Peter Mrazic a... <laughs> right a lot mm. yeah it's 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 i don't i don't know if i've ever felt this way uh, right. about a coach I, I keep going back to steve sterling honestly right. that's a good example i think and it's not just because of the slick back hair that the two of them both had <laughs> uh I, I think you let's if you just go from the of my lifetime uh as a as like a invested fan starting in 2001 is like laviolette Mm. obviously came out of the gates and set the island on fire uh is very successful right right from mm. the start then whatever happened with between him and michael pekka who knows uh then it was sterling and i still to this day don't think if if you you could make it if you had an nhl jeopardy question mm. uh, and and you needed the final jeopardy or who wants to be a millionaire is it hockey edition <laughs> if you asked who was the islanders head coach in 2000 uh mm. what was it 2003 4 whatever he took over um who 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 took over for peter laviolette i should say mm. i don't think anybody outside of the island would would know that who yeah. steve sterling was and and then and, and the nolan was you know mm. him like bradshaw and ted nolan uh, into Ted Nolan, like Bradshaw was an interim guy, and but Ted Nolan was, you know, he was he was became our guy kind of like yeah. he, there was a kind of galvanizing thing about Ted. Uh, those team that team was fun that he got to the playoffs. Then things went south. Uh, Scott Gordon, I think everybody was on the same page about mm. uh, one way. It wasn't the good way. <laughs> then you know Jack Cappy like. Mm. That was that was he was he wasn't our uncle, but he was the guy that shows up to the family party. Right. And you're like, yeah, yeah, that's my uncle Jack. Like, oh, who, who's he related to? He's like, no one. We just call him that, like, because I've just known him forever, right? You know, like he's just yeah. he's just you know been around the family for so long, and yeah. he's you know he's so much fun. Mm. Uh, he's he's the guy well, that you want to be sitting at his table after after yeah. eleven thirty p.m. at these family parties <laughs> in someone's backyard. I uh, think with Capuano though. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy, but like, I felt like the players really did like playing for him. 
And I don't know. Yeah, like, I, I think you're know, right. Yeah, and I don't, but I don't know if Lambert. Not that I think. You know, I'm not trying to trust me. I, nobody run with this or anything. I'm not trying to sow any seeds of discontent here. But I don't know if I get the same sense from from these players that they I, feel the same way about. Me. I feel like they feel about him the same way we do. <laughs> you think? He's all right. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. yeah. He's okay. In the same way Cliff Ronning felt about Steve Sterling. Like, yeah. this is not, <laughs> I don't, I don't, I, I don't know. Yeah. And the Islanders just don't get any attention from yeah. outside the Island. So, People have opinions on basically every coach in the league, but I think if you asked yeah. anybody, uh, yeah, nobody's doing like a, a Substack or uh, whatever, um, you know, Patreon kind of breakdown of Lane Lambert systems with the Islanders this year, and no. the difference between them and Barry Trot. So we're kind of stuck. Like we're just stuck with what we got, what we saw with our eyes, yeah. and it's was okay. Yes. And, and the numbers, I think, bear that out too. Like that they were right. they were some good, some bad. They they improved defensively. They mm. did not offensively. The power play was abysmal, and <laughs> the penalty was generally good. And they got good goaltending. There's, yeah. I mean, it is a Jackson Pollock painting of results. It's yeah. just everything, mm. all over the place. When and you th- like, I have no idea. I really, I have no, I have no idea mm. at all. And I, I haven't heard anybody. Right. truly make a uh, strong argument for either way either. For Lane Lambert, yeah. Yeah, it's <laughs> it, like they you want if if someone wrote tomorrow on the athletic or hockey news or whatever here's why you know eight reasons why Lane Lambert should be high or re- right. keep his job and eight reasons why they should he should be fired. I think like if if those two articles ran at the same exact time I think you'd be, you could just They'd just be parallels. Like if the power play sucked, the other person would just say the penalty kill is good. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like yeah. it's just that yeah. the balancing out just ends up with them being yeah. uh, this team that snuck into the playoffs, and the way that it, it everything screams mediocrity and middle of the pack. But the way that they got there, of course, mm. you know. And, and I'm getting kind of like PTSD just thinking back on the season a little bit here. <laughs> it's, been, it's been nice and relaxing finally since these these teams right. have been eliminated. But uh, I don't want to really want to think about the Islanders actually <laughs> playing hockey. Uh, but yeah, right. now I'm getting a little yeah the heebie-jeebies just thinking about <laughs> those those two games. I remember that back to back against Tampa and Carolina. Oh my god! <sighs> or oh, that that afternoon game against Boston where they just got oh. the that was the one where Barzell got hurt. Barzell and... gets hurt. Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> just, it's just, yeah. Just just. Right. The the way that they got to this is bizarre, and and does does that mean Lambert deserves credit for getting them through that, or does it mean that he right. he does not deserve credit because he's didn't keep yeah. it from not being bizarre? I don't know. Right, and and I mean, and then you know, as with any coach, there's like extenuating circumstances, like he didn't have Barzell for whatever it was thirty five games, like that's a big deal. But again, Barzell was there in January when the team literally stopped scoring goals, so there's that too. You can point to dudes who regressed. Noah Dobson, I'm looking at you, but then you can look at guys that came along and it took a while for him to get there. But by the end of the season, we were like killing ourselves because Alexander, Alexander Romanov was going to be out of the lineup. <laughs> like, went, how the hell did that happen? You know, um, Sebastian Ajo turned himself into a pretty good player. And I'm sure that, you know, there's a, you know, some, some Lane Lambert had to have something to do with that, right? It wasn't just Ajo just kind of spontaneously deciding to, to be an NHL defenseman for the first time in his career. So, I, I, yeah, I mean, there's so many, there's so many, much of this, this like, yeah, this was great. This wasn't great. Brock Nelson was still good. 
Like he was as good as this year as he was under trots at all. But you know, you could point to guys that maybe weren't as good. So like JG Pajo, maybe not as good, you know, Anders Lee, yeah, he was okay, but you know, great season. Barzell started out hot, got hurt. And what are you going to do? And then there's like the Bo Horvat question. Like you integrate Bo, you integrate Bo Horvat. He was fine for a couple of games. Barzell gets hurt and then he's never heard from again, you know? So like <laughs> there's like, again, like you said, the penalty kill was good. Power play, not so good. There were things that were good. Yeah. There were things not so good. He obviously had a, a Vezina candidate goalie. Like you can't take that away from him either. We've heard that a lot. You know, you, Tell me, show me a good coach, and I'll show you a good goalie. Like that's kind of how many mistakes did did Ilya Sorokin cover over for him? So it's literally impossible, I think, to get a read on Lane Lambert after one year. We check in. Let's say we yeah. check in six months from now in December, or January, and maybe we'll have a better idea. But yeah, it, it, it's I, hard, I, which I, is why we neglected him last week. I think. <laughs> yes, and and basically all season, and I don't think we're the only ones. I, like I said, I I think right. you really have to work hard to become, to come up with an opinion on it, on yeah. him. Like there's a, um, when you're handicapping a horse race, you'll hear people just talk about, you know, I've got like a really strong opinion on this horse or, yeah. you know, I can't tell because, you know, he's, he's run some good races and other races yeah. he's looked terrible, but he's also had some bad trips around. Like he's got bumped or whatever. <laughs> I feel the right. same way about late Lambert. He's showing up uh, to, to his big race. And you're like, well, what do you think about this number eight horse? And you're like, well, I can make a ton of excuses for him. And I can also say, or I can say that he's run some good races. And mm. in the end, like, I, I don't know, maybe he's worth the the long odds. And right. I think that if you put every coach in, in a horse race right now, Lane Lambert would be, have some pretty long odds to, to yeah. win the race in the middle, uh, you know, in the middle of the pack, kind of like a 20 to one shot. But mm. yeah, I mean, I, one thing I could tell you is he's very good at, things that Lou Lamarillo likes, which is saying absolutely nothing to nobody. <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah. His post game press conferences were not in his favor, that's no. for sure. And he looks and you know what I thought was hilarious? Mm-hmm. At when when Mirazik was doing his thing and uh his wife was watching the game and she was she was like giving him updates mm-hmm. on the Blackhawks Penguins game and he was upstairs watching American Hustle. <laughs> <laughs> and and, right. and I, now that I think about it like he looks like a, a character out of right. You know, that kind of movie. Like yeah. uh um crime movie, yeah. Yeah. Kind of, yeah, con man type of thing. Yeah. Right. That <laughs> that was that that was filmed uh that was filmed in like this kind of like a like a David O. Russell movie is right. is perfect for him because it's like kind of you know, there's some like modern techniques that like draw out like the colors of the, the era or whatever and and you could just see him in one of these kind of suits like uh like i could see him in one of those like three-piece maroon suits of the 70s right. well he's uh, always known for like kind of over the top characters david o russell you know so like mm-hmm. lambert would be like the sort of scowling tough guy in the back right and, you'd be like, and he would yeah. stick out like a sore thumb because it's a david o russell movie right so yeah, he'd be wearing like a crazy suit just smoking stuff. smoking a cigarette with like, right. could, like <laughs> yeah, Lane exactly. lambert should honestly just have an ashtray in front of him at all times. <laughs> he should just be coach. He should be behind the bench, right. sitting on a you know a big kind of office chair looking thing. Not like a Godfather chair, but like a mm. you know a chair you'd see in an in an office, like one of those brown leather ones. And um, mm. yeah, he should like like the the office of a uh, someone who runs a bar, like right. a '70s bar in you know some like, like at the bottom bit. Basically, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like the back room of the Bada Bing. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, uh, yeah, he should have a, an ashtray in front of him and mm. 
John McClane should be shooting pool in the background, you know, cracking a joke. And, uh, right. Yeah. And, and yeah, now I just need to see him with an ashtray and right. I don't even care if he's smoking, just, just have the ashtray there, there and, and it, right. just going through its life in, in front of him. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. That's definitely so. I mean, yeah. So again, there's, there's things that we like about Lambert. I again, we, we talked a couple episodes ago about, we like him, kind of losing his shit on the, on the bench is kind of a different thing, very different than, than his predecessor who famously claimed he only argues with the refs when he knows he's right. And Lane is a little bit more, you know, I don't know if he's like Doug Waite crazy, but he's definitely closer to that than, uh, than Barry Trotz was. And he's got the great look. And again, I think the players do like playing for him, but there was definitely a different vibe. So, you know, again, we, we glossed over him last week and this is why we just don't really have much of an opinion on him at all. And this is great podcasting, obviously, but uh, it's, um, you know, we'll, we'll have to figure out more. And I would like to see some, you know, a lot of it is going to come down to upgrades, I think. And that's where the off season comes in and we'll kind of see how, how it shakes out next year. If things, you know, if the same guys who took step back steps backward this year do again, well, then you might be in trouble. But if they bring in some guys who help and, and you know, maybe all of a sudden Lane, Lane looks like a much better coach, well, that might uh, mean a thing too. Uh, real quick, I just want to uh, talk quickly about the Coyotes um, switching gears very quickly. Um, they By now you've heard they had a, um, an arena vote out in Tempe and it got voted down. There was actually three uh, measures on the ballot all related to building a new arena for the Coyotes in Tempe. And they all got voted down by all about the same amount uh and so now their their future is up in the air stop us if you heard this before uh and you know it's funny because this arena vote thing you talk about ptsd before if you're an islanders fan and you were around in 2011 i guarantee you had ptsd from that referendum which still stings for the lighthouse project which got voted down pretty quickly by uh by the people of nassau county um and you know i just i don't know no, no coyotes fans are listening to this but i i do find it funny that the same people that are always willing and immediately pull the shoot on the, well, you're going to have to move this team now because they failed again, seem to not understand that if they wanted, if the NHL wanted this team out of Arizona, they would have left a long time ago. Somebody wants them there, Gary. Uh, he probably wants them there. And they will just find a new place to play somehow. You know, they've they've talked about maybe having them check up with the Suns somehow over in Phoenix. I don't know if they that's even a viable option. Uh, I don't know. So other places have have jumped up and said like, hey, we can build an arena here, too. So I would not be so quick to think that they're going to leave. Uh, people have them earmarked for Houston or Salt Lake City is the hot new one. They want to move there. None of these places have anything close to an ownership group that wants to bring them there. So I don't think they're going anywhere. But I just I, it was kind of funny that, you know, this I shouldn't say funny, but it was very uh, deja vu that this other team now lost this public vote for for many reasons i'm sure uh and uh now they're they're you know future is up in the air and it's like yeah we've been there done that and now the islanders are playing in a billion dollar arena <laughs> that's right back where they were before so it can work out for them and i think it could work out for the coyotes too but uh it's not a good look and uh if you read larry brooks's column he talked about some there were some complaints by the players to the players association about travel conditions and and you know uh What's the word? Uh, uh, sort of uh, things that went against the collective bargaining agreement. We'll have to see how that shakes out. So it's not good right now, but I, ultimately, I, I don't. I would be very, very surprised if the Coyotes ever actually leave Arizona. I think they're just 
they're going to be there. They're just going to find a new place for them. And again, we've been down there, but uh, it's also crazy to me that the Glendale thing has been 20 years now. Like that's crazy that they played in yeah. Glendale for 20 years. And it was yeah. like problems the entire time. <laughs> like that's what makes us all have PTSD with this when it comes to this team. Yeah. But uh, it's a little crazy. I mean, uh, you, you went through the referendum just like I did. Uh, I mean, did you have the same PTSD that I did when you were reading about these, these votes rolling in and the Tempe polls? Yeah, I, I had nothing to do the, the night of the referendum, so I actually drove oh, wow. to Nassau Coliseum the night that the results came out, and mm. I was, that was, depressing. was like a few, there was a few people <laughs> there just standing outside the Coliseum, and I I was kind of interested to see if there was going to be like a a gathering or anything, and it turned out it was like me and maybe ten other people, mm. uh, and it was sad, and mm. drove home like just really upset thinking oh god mm. like they're gone yeah you know like yeah. and 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 i can tell you that coyotes the fan base in arizona has a lot of similarities with this islander one which is that it's small mm. it's the butt of every joke <laughs> uh and there's a bunch of vultures yes especially in one city that we'll talk about a lot later mm. uh that just can't help but just to pick at the bones of this thing yeah um i think the, the 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 big difference between the two fan bases right now is the islanders fan base has grown because of success the like we we make fun of the whole grow the game uh <laughs> right. cliche and and the way you grow the game is your team in your market is good mm. then you will see more people show up and that will cause them to become hockey fans at large and watch more games and whatever. Uh, and the Coyotes just haven't had that right. success at all. Like they have been bad for a little while here. Uh, and outside of that run to the Western conference final, was that 2012 when the Kings dumped yeah, them out? That was, yeah. When they went to the, yeah. Mike, Mike Smith the and yeah. random verbata kind of guys. <laughs> but um, yeah, like, had the Islanders not had much success of uh, the past, you know, five, six, seven years, uh, our fan base would be a lot smaller. I can tell you yeah. that right now and look a lot less uh, kind of encouraging in terms of like the, the amount of young people who are watching and whatever. Hmm. Uh, so I, I, I do feel really bad <laughs> about the whole yeah. thing. And, and it's, I'm rooting for them to stay there because I, unlike people in Toronto or Ranger <laughs> fans or right. fans of a team like um, like the Kings or the Canucks, your team is never going to move. Right. Like you don't know that, that dread of something you have no control over just going to shit and, and, and right. a team being taken from you. Yeah. Right. Like that is it. You don't have any control. Like that's, it's so bad yeah that feeling and coyotes fans are going through that right now and they've been going through it for a long time and mm. not only is it terrible to to have to deal with that but then it's horrible because you have to go watch as people who think they know what it's like and know better and mm. know what's best for the league like these people who cosplay the <laughs> nhl marketing department like right yeah. why is this came on at 8 30 p.m yeah. eastern they should have moved it to 5 30 that's how you grow the game mm. like Right. Okay. Like you're not 
Right. You're just some person on Twitter with like 12,000 followers. That right. doesn't give you the right to oh. tell, tell the Arizona Coyotes they don't just, you know, right. fans that the team needs to move. Oh, great. Uh, conference final with Florida and Carolina. Great. <laughs> Who's going to want to watch that? Well, that's not your problem, dude. Yeah. That's not your problem. Just enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. It is. Or yeah. just don't watch it. But the, right. uh, <laughs> the, <laughs> the Coyotes, like, they're, their fans have just watched their team get dragged through the mud. Yeah. And I can't I can't remember who it might have been Elliot Friedman or so, I can't remember who kept saying this. Like, oh, you know what? I think we're all just pretty tired for about like, with this whole thing. <laughs> you think you're tired? Yeah, right. Exactly. Like what about what about like the eighteen year old Coyotes fan who who's just like, Wow, this team that like I grew up with, my childhood team is now, you know, being ripped from me. Right. Through no fault of my own. Yeah. Once again, it's not their fault. If the even like the stuff that Brooks was talking about, that's not the fans' fault that that right. the owners are cheaping out on travel or going right. Mike Milbury style and making <laughs> them, you know, cook their own meals at hotels and mm. Chef Boyardee for the Coyotes. Like, <clears throat> that's not the fans' fault. That is not like they don't deserve that to happen to them, and that's why I I I don't really care what team it is at all but whenever there's a situation like this i will always root for that team to stay Hmm. always and it's and it's because of what happened to the islanders yeah definitely yeah and again if they if they wanted to move they would have but i just love the fan the fan casting to make oh just just move them to houston okay where and who's going to own the team? Because the guy who owns the Rockets, he doesn't want hockey. Like, we've been over this. You know? Oh, but now they can move him to Salt Lake City. The the owner of the Jazz or whoever has talked to Gary Bettman. Okay, what's what did he say? Did he say, I want to own a team? Like, I want the Coyotes? No, he probably wants an expansion team. I don't know. Who, who knows? And then enough with the Quebec City. Like, again, like they, they would have had a team there. That's not growing the game. Like, putting a team in Quebec is not growing the game. That is feeding nostalgia. Because... People in Quebec already like hockey, right? Like they don't need to sell hockey to people in Quebec. At least I'm assuming they need to sell hockey to the people of Arizona. It would start with a good team that has a place to play. But once it got there, I think people would come because they like the Coyotes and have, they've been there for a long time. Like you said, there are fans of all year. You know, there are people that are, have been season ticket holders since they played at America West arena and it was Kachuk and Roenick and Tepo Newman and all these old Winnipeg jets. Right. So um, they, it can happen as long as it's good. And, it's good. They're going to need a, a place to play and, and some patience and maybe they will get good at some point, but uh, yeah, it just sucks. I mean, again, we, I get point, free just point. We're all tired of it, but we're not coyotes fans. And, and we don't know, even us as Islanders fans who have a degree of empathy for a team going through a similar thing that we went through. We still don't know. <laughs> it's, you know, we're, we're closer to them. We could get it, but uh, we'll, we'll never fully know. And so we just have to, you know, see what happens, but uh, yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens. I, I do think they will stay, but uh, I just, I just, I, you know, I, I figured once that, that vote happened, I'm like, yeah, we got to talk about this because I guarantee yeah, there are Islanders really fans hurt. that are like, eh. <laughs> cause I, I, even the, even the pre vote stuff, like this is, I think Frank Saravalli was tweeting, like, I'm not even kidding. This is the most important day in yeah. <laughs> Arizona Coyotes franchise history. And right. I got, I like shuddered cause I was like, I can see <laughs> that tweet from like maybe Darren Drager or yep. someone. You know, sure. like this is yeah. the island, the biggest day in Islanders history. Right. Yeah. Right. No uh, shit. That, like, that, that referendum was why I joined Lighthouse Hockey as a commenter because it was the number one place to get updates on, <sighs> on the referendum. So uh, it was it was a big deal. Uh, but uh, ultimately, it was the first of many, 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 many stops. Yeah. Now a casino's going there. So, yeah. <laughs> 
the irony of ironies because you know oh we don't want traffic and and the water our water bills are going to go up all right well now you can spend more on water and you can go lose money at the casino so there you go <laughs> it works works out both ways great job everybody uh okay uh we are going to take a short break and when we're going to come back oh wait actually uh, so, we can't oh. not mention this oh please speak because it's a good segue hmm. the new york islanders made a huge mistake the other day when they post, posted a picture of mm. Kate Murray oh, on yeah. their Twitter feed with, with Sparky. Oh man. I can't like, believe I forgot about this. I, yeah. I, I, you know what? It's not our fault because of right. what, what we're about to talk about just yeah. completely threw us in, into yeah. a different dimension. But in case anybody's wondering that the, they were planting trees in Hempstead yeah. and the Islanders were there. Sparky was there and Kate Murray was there. And, I, I saw that picture and I didn't even realize that was her. And when you pointed it out to me and I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> that's, yeah, that's, that's the only response you can really there was a great, <laughs> There was a great response under the tweet and I'm so sorry. Um, the, the person, I can't pull it up just right now without typing on my keyboard and sounding bad, but somebody was like, uh, all right, where's the picture of Kurt Muller? Kirk Muller. It should have been Murray, Kirk Muller, Dale Hunter. Yeah, like just all of them arming up. Just, right. There's just like a couple of things you can And I get like the person running. It's not the person running this social media no. account, say Paul, right? Like it's it's not, but it's just. Yeah. If you're the Islanders and you and Kate Murray is coming to something as innocuous as just planning, like the, the most mundane kind of goodwill photo opportunity things you can just be like yeah you just you just can't be in any of the pictures oh <laughs> and if she says why ask why you can say right you could look how about because there's a casino going in where the islanders used to play and about, everybody's mad right how about you literally try to just block the team from building anything let alone yeah. you know a new arena and what whatever charles wong wanted to build like the reason you know the the reason this took so long to get here was because of you, or at least you know, right. you and other people. So, yeah, I can. That, that you talk about things. I mean, we here we talked about Lane Lambert really kind of flying under the radar outside of Islanders country. I mean, this picture would only have triggered Islanders fans who were like, right. "Wait a minute, is that?" Kate? Yeah. Well, I like I to think that, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it's. I, I like to think that whoever's in the Sparky suit was kind of muttering under their breath a stream of curses and insults yeah. like that while he was taking stand next to them to take it up and they were standing next to her taking a picture. So, uh, but yeah, yeah, there you go. That was fun. Uh, but like you said, uh, that became, that was a, a little minor thing, kind of a funny thing that happened on Friday, but, uh, who boy, things went <laughs> off the rails real quick, uh, in the hockey world. And we're going to talk a lot about that on the other side. Uh, we got to give the people what they want in, in the words of AW. Uh, commentator Excalibur. So we will do that. So join us on the other side. Uh, if you want to hear this podcast without the obtrusive corporate commercial interruptions, head over to patreon.com slash Islanders anxiety to sign up for one of our subscription tiers. Plans start as low as two bucks a month and you get ad-free versions of our podcast plus bonus podcasts. Where we're going to be recording our country club atmosphere, non-hockey podcast right after this. Uh, you get Mike's newsletter, you get my Islanders book club, you get, uh, you will get exclusive early access to Islanders award winners season two starting this summer, all if you sign up at patreon.com slash Islanders anxiety. So do that today. You'll get a summer's full of Islanders anxiety content and uh, you can't go wrong. It's great. And you won't have to hear commercials like this one, but meet us on the other side. All right. Thanks. Okay. Round two, name something that's not boring 
a laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right, ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, prohibited by law, 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And now a word from our favorite sponsors. First, as always, VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get T-shirts, hoodies, jerseys, and more, featuring over 100 classic hockey logos, Vintage Ice Hockey also carries our Al Arbor and the Island merch, and our portion of the sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. If you spend $50 or more, you could use the code 4CUPS, that's F-O-U-R-C-U-P-S, to get a free The Island coffee mug or pint glass or an Islander's Anxiety puck. That is VintageIceHockey.com. Go there today, spend 50 bucks, use 4CUPS, and you get a free gift. Try wines from the Pinot Project. They offer a rosé, a Pinot Grigio, and a Pinot Noir that was named a 2022 Top 100 Best Buy by Wine Enthusiast Magazine. All of them are delicious, priced at less than $15 a bottle, and are available at your local wine shops and at UBS Arena. Learn more at thepinoproject.com. Please drink responsibly. The fine folks at FOCO have done it again. They have a new bobblehead with Brian Trottier and Matt Barzell on it. It's called the Then and Now Bobblehead. It is very, 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 very limited to only 72 pieces. So go to foco.com. I'll put the link in the description and pre-order one today. Do not wait. It's really cool. If you've been an Islanders fan a long time and you saw Brian Trottier and you're watching Matt Barzell, it's a cool bobblehead to have. And that is from Foco.com. Okay. Let's, you know, it's funny that uh, we did over an hour on the Maple Leafs last week and their latest spectacular playoff flame out. And the response was great. People really enjoyed it. We obviously had a a lot of fun doing it. And so we're going to do it again. Uh, full disclosure, we were going to put out a Leafs episode just for patrons because believe it or not, we still had some stuff to say even after clearing the decks last week, but then Friday happened and we decided, no, 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 no. we, we got to do this on the main show <laughs> because everybody needs to hear it. Uh, in case you've been, uh, in the woods or perhaps, uh, you know, off the grid for a few days, uh, the 
Maple Leafs announced on Friday that Kyle Dubas would not be returning as general manager. And this has hastened. It didn't start here, but it has hastened a thing that Mike has a, a christened a very, very nice and cool and hilarious title. So would you please tell us what you call this era of Maple Leafs hockey? The Great Unhinging. <laughs> <laughs> and and that is 100% accurate because people are literally coming unhinged at not only the, the, the Dubas news, but the news prior. So I'm going to start by asking you, where were you when you heard that Kyle Dubas would not be returning as the Maple Leafs GM next season? I was uh, actually just walking into my parents' house mm. with lunch. Um, my, my daughter, Isla goes there basically every day my mom watches her while i work and emily works and I, I try on fridays to like come over and bring lunch for everybody and so there i was with a bag of food from louisiana joe's in oceanside which is nice fabulous a mm. uh, little sandwich shop on merrick road in oceanside and uh i took out my phone as i was getting out of the car and i saw what was going on and immediately thought, Christ, <laughs> how am I going to just explain right. what is going on mm. to my parents mm. as we're eating lunch with my daughter and my niece? <laughs> um, and luckily, like, just the way timing worked out with, with some naps and uh, <laughs> my dad being on a work call. Uh, he works at the Bronx Zoo and he was on a, a call. He was working from home that day and he was on a call. So like things kind of like were delayed a little bit as I walked in. So I had a couple minutes to digest. Yeah. All in. yeah. Digest before digesting. And then <laughs> um, I, they must've just been like, wow, he's in such a good mood. Like, oh, we got into Michael. Like he's, like, he's just an incredible mood. Maybe it's just Friday. Mm. Uh, and holy moly. Yeah. Uh, you know what the like and to to be honest I was thinking okay like just kind of click around see what's going on but cuz you know that the the best part of all this is is going to be the the ripple effects right you know what the whether it's the the Shanahan press conference which we'll get into but, yeah. or just like I said the unhinging mm. um of everybody <laughs> from Toronto and around Toronto um you know, that's going to take some time. So you enjoy the lunch uh, and you're not going to miss anything. Mm. And by the time I got home, uh, everybody was unhinged. Everybody. <laughs> like I, I, right. there are so many people that should have had the cops called on them that day. Right. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, no, that's true. Uh, and unhinging is the best way to put it because you're talking about writers, uh, professional and amateur. You're talking about podcasters, broadcasters, journalists, you're talking about just fans on Twitter. People have come completely unglued. And from the the Leafs perspective, so I was I was just on Twitter, I was working, and I saw this tweet from Elliot Friedman come over that the Leafs would not be retaining Kyle Dubas. And of course I had to click on it and make sure it was actually Elliot Friedman because he doesn't have a blue check mark anymore. Thanks a lot, Elon, you fucking idiot. Uh but in any event, uh it was Friedge. And of course it was followed by the usuals, uh, you know, his colleagues all saying the same thing. And you could kind of see the unchanging happening kind of in real time, just on social media. 
and it was swift. It was hilarious. Uh, people were enjoying it who aren't Leafs fans. And it's continued all weekend, which is really kind of the astonishing thing. And uh, we can get into the the Brendan Shanahan thing now. So, you know, this all happens. Like, <laughs> before well, you do, I, I actually want to say one thing. So uh, th- on Thursday, before this yeah. happened, I was walking Elvis and I was thinking, kind of just reflecting on the Leafs being eliminated and yeah. this – at this time, the kind of the Monday press conference from Dubis mm. and the uncertainty and the fact that everyone was kind of resigned to the fact that the the, the core four would be broken up. and Which, by the way, had been like picked through all week up until. Right. This yeah. Point. And, yeah. And I was I was finally at, kind of at the end of the coverage yeah. of that, of the Dubis <laughs> stuff, of the chain of uh, yeah. going line by line of his press conference, mm. of the, the media availabilities from Boston Matthews and such. Uh, I was finally at the end of that, and and I I was just walking Elvis, and I was thinking, I'm so grateful that that this is happening. Mm. You know, I didn't think it could get to be this good. Yeah. I didn't think, you know, I thought I knew that had the Leafs got eliminated in the first round, or mm. even, you know, even done, done something funnier like like they did this season, um, you know, things would be good. It would be fun, mm. um, and I felt I felt that I was, I. I it would be great, but it wouldn't be something we haven't seen before. Right. And then we would just go through this whole charade again. Um, and I really was grateful and it wasn't lost on me that I was very scared that this team was about to go on a run. They didn't. And it's been hilarious since. <laughs> and I thought, and this, I can, I didn't say anything cause I was walking Elvis, who is a dog and doesn't talk. Uh, so I didn't <laughs> say it out loud, but in my head, I was, I said to myself, I don't know how this could get better. Yeah. Right. I don't. I. 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 When you consider everything that has that goes into where we got from 2018 to that moment where it was people were running one trade one of these guys don't care who it is right. fire the coach whatever and and the, and then the Dubis press conference I seriously thought to myself I know exactly where I was when I had the thought too I know exactly what street I was crossing and I thought <laughs> I don't know how this could get better right. And then it did, <laughs> it, and it didn't just get better. It yeah. got like right chapters. Yeah. It, it was basically a teacher coming in and canceling school. <laughs> that that was how good it was. Yeah, like it just was... first day back from Christmas break. By the way, no more school for the rest of the year. <laughs> it was very hard to work. I got to be honest with you at that point. And I, and then you talk about like how can I explain to my you know your family? I would have had to explain to my bosses why a man get losing his job 2000 miles from where I live would have like distracted me from doing my job, <laughs> which is like really embarrassing. At least your family knows you, right? Uh, my <laughs> bosses know me too, but like, this is, this is in strange, even for well, them. You could have had a press conference and explained. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, no, it, it did get much better. And then it got even better still with the Brendan Shanahan press conference. So he comes out and Basically, this press conference, and if you haven't listened to it or watched it, I highly recommend it. It's about 15 minutes long. It's on YouTube. The Leafs account, you know, has it. And, uh, and uh, you know, again, to talk about, to bring up a point that you made last week, and it's still 100% accurate, we get that we're enormous losers by watching <laughs> another team's press conference, you know, another team's general manager talk about why he didn't retain there, or team president talk about why he didn't retain general manager. We get that. This is no way for a person to spend their Friday evening, but... There I was uh, doing this, and he basically gives a sort of day-by-day, and in some cases hour-by-hour, 
<laughs> breakdown of how he got from, you know, Kyle Dubas doing a postseason press conference on Monday to being out of a job on Friday. And it's basically, basically worked out to he, Shanahan had told Dubas, like, you know, we, we don't really need to do a thing. Let's, let's talk first before we address the media. He was like, no, the players and coaches are addressing the media. I, I want to do it too. And Shanahan was like, all right, well, I guess that makes sense. And this was when Dubas started talking about how rough this season was on his family, how he wasn't sure what, you know, his feelings were towards coming back. And this started the process in Shanahan's mind of like, huh, this is a little bit weird. And maybe this guy doesn't want to be, you know, our general manager anymore. And so he, Shanahan talked about how they, they went back and forth and uh, eventually um, he, his owner now the, so they had, so Shanahan had come to Dubas earlier. I'm doing this all from memory, by the way. So <laughs> Shanahan had gone to Dubas earlier in the season about signing a contract extension, but, and said like, listen, we're not going to sign you to extension right now. We're, you know, you just have to, we'll get back to it later on. Kyle was fine with that. That was in September or whatever. Then in March, he went to him and said about signing a contract extension. He was like, okay, we'll talk to my agent with the idea of not being distracted. So the agent and Shanahan went back and forth over the details and came to this idea that they were going to do an extension just after the season. But then Monday's press conference happened. Shanahan all of a sudden is having doubts. He talks to Dubas. He talks to his agent. The agent comes back with like a higher uh, contract demand. He's like, really? Dubas is like, no, he sends him an email saying, Hey man, I really do want to be GM of the Leafs. Shanahan's like, yeah, I don't know about that. He said he slept on it. He woke up. He went to the Ford Performance Center, which Shanahan said 50 times during this 12-minute <laughs> press conference. He said the word Ford Performance Center. So if you didn't know where the Leafs practiced, now you know. Uh, and, and basically informed Dubas that he he would not be retaining – his services would not be retained by the Leafs. And so, again, we went from a week of people – you know, kind of examining Dubas's words to now, now a weekend, and I'm sure a week coming up of people examining Shanahan's words. And it's, it has led to some takes that are completely insane. Like you said, it's just people that just have completely come unhinged and they are looking at this through a million prisms and, and lenses. And it's crazy. It's like crazy. Cause there's two camps really. There's the, the Shanahan camp and the Dubas camp, and you're kind of in one or the other. And so I have some clips here. Let, let's start with the most pro Dubas people on the planet, which are the guys <laughs> who fight at the athletic. So this is Leafs talk. It's James Myrtle and Jonas Siegel. So, I mean, I'll ask you, where do you want to start? We, we talked about the clips before we, we have the, uh, the bit about wanting a break. We have the bit about uh, not getting to ask questions. Where, where would you like to start? I want, yeah, let's start with the, 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 the part where they talk about how they find it incredibly strange mm. that somebody admitting mm. to being burnt out uh, at their job would cost them that job as the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> um, I guess, yeah, play the clip because I have to jump right in after that. Yeah. Okay. So here's the clip. So listen to this. Who who doesn't in in many lines of work and every line of work doesn't have like some days where you're just like man I don't know if I want to do this anymore. I I thought that Dubas's press conference was very raw and emotional and they had just 
I think it, it was. Yeah, he did seem he did seem a little bit burnt out. Yep, which I think is okay at the end of the season. I mean, I think it's just natural. I mean, you and I are going to be burnt out at the end of the season I'm too. Burnt but, out right now, my friend. And I, we'll see how much of this comes out. Part of what Dubis was burnt out by was just the dysfunction that he was dealing with, the relationship with Shanahan, the everything that's here. It it could well come down to that. Dubis feels. I mean, he's going to get a job somewhere else, and he's probably going to be happier somewhere else. You know, so and have more may have more autonomy. I mean, maybe he'll be hired as a president somewhere, and then he can be the Shanahan somewhere else. Okay, so yeah, they're <laughs> just like you know, you know. I mean, who doesn't feel burnt out at their job? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But most of us don't have to give like you know postseason press conferences to a room full of uh, gathered reporters that's going to be on YouTube for the rest of our lives. Like we just kind of go on vacation or something. So also a lot of us don't have free agents that are going to, you know, have uh, contract changes and stuff coming up in uh, what, three weeks, five weeks, something like that. So yeah, this is crazy. I mean, so, so you listen to this. So what, what were you, what was your takeaway in listening to this? I, I couldn't believe it yeah. that they, that they even just said this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> For one, I think I think the relationship between these two podcasters is boss and not boss, like a direct report. Yeah, right? is it, isn't James Myrtle, Mister Mister Toronto Athletic? He's like the, the editor, yeah, of that, yeah. that section. Um, so I found it incredibly funny that that dynamic is going on at mm-hmm. uh, at play here. But yeah, like you said, I everyone feels burnt out at their job, uh, and if you then went and admitted that um, in any fashion Mm. to publicly you would be fired and everybody would say, geez, yeah, Mm. I get it, but you can't do that. Like you just, you can't, you can't ever say something like that. Uh, And so here we have a, uh, a guy who is looking to sign an extension, Mm. get a raise all the while, failing right this is a failure yeah. this this era i think uh steve dangle ca- had a, a youtube video where he called it kyle dubis an era wasted <laughs> <laughs> that's great oh man yeah. uh and uh so here here's this guy yeah completely failed didn't get this team that's perennially a stanley cup favorite past mm. game five of the second round in his five years uh and he's going on talking about how it's been tough on him and his family, mm-hmm. which everybody then took and said, you know, we empathize with that and we get it. Mm-hmm. It's a tough job, forward facing job. Uh, the it seemed like he was changing the narrative. He was spinning everything. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah, there was an article written by mm-hmm. one of those two guys like the next day about how Kyle Dubas had wrestled leverage back in the negotiations back <laughs> from, from this. Uh, and yeah. And the fact that these guys thought it was bizarre that an employer would fire an employee for giving a press conference to millions of people hmm. talking about how he's not sure if he's going to be committed to the job. Right. I'm talking unhinged, like the unhinged, here like there's a group of people that have just come completely like you said unglued Mm. lost the plot that to me might have been the most concerning thing i heard all week like that you oh you can't you how can you not figure that out right that that this is uh, some billion dollar corporation would be a little 
yeah. worried that their maybe second most important person besides Austin Matthews is wavering right. and admitted it to right. a frenzied media contingent, which mm. included you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so so we'll we'll get to the that media contingent in a second because that that's going to be our second clip. But uh, the thing about that whole this whole show, and it's only like thirty five minutes long, is that at no point do they ever even almost come close to blaming Dubis for any of these Leafs failures over the last five years. At no point are they like, well, you know, we did trade a first round pick for Nick Foligno. Like that kind of stuff. Or like, you know, did they really need, like they never broached like the Tavares contract, which we'll talk about in a second. They never talk about how they had, you know, their goalies were, I mean, Samson, I've played fine, I guess, but like Matt Murray's still on the, you know, that, that gambit did not work out the Matt Murray thing. And he's still here. The year before that. Right. Yeah. And it's just been this constant, you know, the kind of air dropping in of tough guys who then just don't do anything for a while. Again, like Mike said, this team has played one five games past the first round once in the last you know twenty whatever years, and they they were down three nothing to the Panthers <laughs> at one point. None of this ever comes up to them. The bad guy in this situation is Brendan Shanahan. He's the guy who did not let you know Dubis did not give him time to come to a decision. Did not get did not give him the extension earlier. Uh, and Myrtle wrote an article later talking about how Shanahan had blocked moves that Dubas had wanted to do. And people are like, what moves? Like, cause you know, cause they're going to get Kale McCarr for a third round pick or something. And <laughs> Shanahan's like, no, don't do that. Like it's, it's crazy. And then they also, and they keep bringing it back to ownership too. Now, again, the Leafs do have a weird ownership situation. They've got, they're owned by two competing telecom companies. There's a whole board. So you know, whenever you've got to make a decision, you got to talk to Shanahan, but then you got to also talk to all these other guys that are, and I get that, that that's probably frustrating. If you've ever, if you've ever been in a situation where like you have multiple bosses, like it does suck. Right. And imagine that times 10 and it's a huge, like you said, front facing job. And so I get that too, but this to them, all of the failures of this era of Leafs hockey are the fault of Brendan Shanahan. None of them are the fault of Kyle Dubas. Not at all. Like, or, you know, they didn't even talk about the players really. And we'll get to those guys in a second, but Let's get back to the press conference. So here's the the other clip I wanted to play where Jonas Siegel talks about how Shanahan didn't really take any questions. And this is sort of like the tone of the whole episode is like this man, you know, just wants to, you know, get his narrative out there and his one side of the story. And, you know, that that's it. And so we had that's what we have to go with and take it face value. So here, here's that clip right now. It's going to be interesting to see how much transparency we get into what happened behind the scenes well let me let me speak to transparency i can tell you as someone who was there for kyle dubas's press conference and there for brendan shanahan's they cut off questions very 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 quickly they did not want a lot of questions answered or asked uh shanahan spoke for about 12 minutes off the top with that timeline you mentioned and then spoke i think about 12 minutes after that just on questions so this was mostly or half of this was was shanahan just basically talking uh, and then a lot of questions were left unanswered. I didn't get to ask a question. I'm sure a lot of others didn't get to ask questions. So let me, what would you have asked Jonas? I, I see, I, the one thing I still don't understand, and he, he alluded to this. I had a few questions I wanted to ask, but the one thing I don't understand, why was Kyle Dubas not extended before the season? I, and maybe that's an ownership thing. 
but I he I'm pretty sure that it was. But uh, he talked I around it. Uh, he said he went into Kyle's office and he said you're not being extended. I don't know but, why. But Shanahan can't get up there and throw ownership under the bus. So even if that is what happened, that's not what he's going to say. Okay, well, I don't understand that because then all of a sudden in the spring, all of a sudden they, they want to bring him back. Like that decision not to extend him, James, is the crux of why they're in this position. I mean, one of the questions I was asking myself, and I can ask you, let's say they had extended Kyle Dubas, right? They had just operated like normal teams do or normal good yeah, teams. Yeah, give him a two or a three year yeah. extension or whatever. Would this and, have yeah. happened? Would he have been fired? No. No. So, so. So the best part of this is obviously like, well, what question would you have asked Jonah or Jonas, excuse me. And it's like, well, I would have asked why he wasn't signed to an extension last year, dude, because they didn't make it out of the first round. Like what, what the hell kind of stupid question is that? That's your question. What? Why don't you think he would have signed? Cause they want to see if they can get out of the first round. Like, it's, and then like he, his point is that they wanted to sign him before the playoffs anyway. So then the playoff situation might not have mattered, but I don't know. Maybe it did. Maybe it changed. I don't know. It's just, these guys are clearly, clearly against they, they just, to them, Shanahan is the villain here and to an, and to an extent ownership as well. Dubas did nothing wrong. Yeah. And, and it's not just, yeah, it's not just Shanahan and, and, and ownership. It's anybody who thinks right that Kyle Dubas wasn't the right general manager for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Right. Like you are now, this is this is part of the unhinging is mm. that if you don't believe that right. you're basically a, a blight on society. Yeah, you're on the wrong side of history, buddy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what? Yeah, like you're. Right. Uh, Jesus, it's uh, it's it's becoming very. Um, there's there's two clear sides of the aisle, and and there's one group that is just shouting at the other group and yeah. saying like. Oh, well, if you if you don't think Kyle Dubas is supposed to be the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, like what do you what do you mm. think? Like, uh, you know, owning a cat should be elite. Like, it's right. I, with I don't know what they're trying to paint here, <laughs> people as like that. Yeah. You you being a Toronto Maple Leaf fan or someone from the outside just saying, yeah, well, mm. maybe he probably should have won a yeah couple more playoff series. Uh. Right. Makes you some sort of absolute psychopath who's should be you know, locked up, mm. banned from being able to speak their mind and all sorts of stuff. It's become very, very, very startling. Um, but from our side of the aisle, which is not mm. even we're just, you know, there's there are these two. If, if you imagine it like a parliament and then, mm. you know, how there's that upper deck. Right. You know, we're sitting at the upper deck, and I'm just asking for more popcorn. Mm. You're, we're just having the time of our life here, mm. um, watching these factions just completely tear each other apart. Right. And this this entire podcast, I think, talking Leafs or whatever. Oh, oh Leafs with, talk, yeah. Leafs talk with with James Myrtle and Jonas Siegel. Uh, the the entire thing basically sounded like two guys that were hoping that Kyle Dubas was listening to that podcast. Yep. Yeah. Saying. You know, right. hey Kyle, we got your back, man, because we right. know you got ours. Yeah, like it, the, we, we're in this together. The whole, the tone of the whole thing was the mean suits fired my buddy. That's it. <laughs> oh man, that yeah. sucks. Like if you know a friend who got laid off, you're like, oh man, that sucks. These fucking, you know, suits. They did that to you, man. Assholes like that. That was the tone yeah. of the whole thing. Basically. Except your buddy 
you 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 get him out there and you think he, he tells you what happened. You're like, oh, yeah, oh, you did you did that, right? right. You might oh, you know, we didn't we didn't really to do that. Yeah, well, you know, we we came in under expectations for like seven years in a row, and oh, and they you know. and and they still wanted to keep you around. Yeah. Oh, okay. And then what you do? Oh, I asked for a lot more money publicly <laughs> and use my family as a bargaining chip. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know. Right. No, no, publicly yeah. by putting out like yeah, a big, publicly. you know, yeah, the whole thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, well, yeah. What are you going to do? You know, like that kind of, yeah. It's, it's crazy. It's crazy. And and this is just one example. Um, we, we have another one and you talk about the sort of warring factions. We had one podcast that was sort of both. Um, this was sort of my go-to, which was, is real Kipper and Bourne, which is on Sportsnet. It's Nick Kiprios and usually Justin Bourne, Justin Bourne, great guy, former, uh, guest on Weird Islanders, the podcast picked a hell of a week to go on vacation. Uh, cause he's going to come back and it's going to, it's going to be like that gift from community of Donald Glover walking in with the pizzas and everything is on fire. It's good. He's basically coming back to that. But so in, in Bourne's place for this Friday episode was Gord Stellick. Now, for those who don't know, Gord Stellick. Uh, was the Leafs general manager in the 80s. He was actually the youngest guy to be named a GM of an NHL team before Dubas. He was like Leafs general manager, and he was like 30 years old. Of course, the whole era was a total disaster. Uh, he got fired and then did what anybody would normally do in this situation, which has become a longstanding member of the me- Leafs media. Uh, so he's been doing that for a long time. And so he was sitting in, and I- I'm going to cl- go to the-, the later clip first, and then we'll get to the other one because it is relevant to uh, a, guy- a friend of ours. And so um, at one point they were talking about Dubas's kind of um, qualifications and, and basically getting to what Siegel and Myrtle did, which is like, did, did this guy deserve to, to get another year based on the performance of the last five years? And so uh, Kiprios asks their producer, Sam, who's the voice of the fan in this situation, what he thinks Dubas's best move was. So I'm going to play the clip right here. I think... If you're doing it in a vacuum and not looking at it now, it would be Tavares and what that brought, right? Wouldn't you say? No. 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 What uh, is his best the, move? Maybe the one of his worst moves. Well, yeah, now it is. But no. If they had have got no, over the, it yeah, was well, back you, then, Okay, no, too. wait, wait. No, whoa, whoa, whoa. I got to give the middle here. I got to give the middle. You no, were, Kippy, Kippy. Everyone loved that. No. Uh, you, no, you cannot fault him in the slightest. I, no, it I, was a I, national I, hall. Well, I, I was Canada on a desk. Day. I was on a desk with Doug McClain, uh, Darren Millard. I want to see Elliot the tape. Friedman. Same tape with Johnny Goodrow. You got to give me that tape. The first thing we said is... 11 million. What is that going to do to Matthews and Marner? Go find the tape. I swear to God. The first thing we said is, I don't know if this makes any sense to get this guy at $11 million because all you did was just jack up the price on Matthews and Marner. Okay, hold on here. Now, I, uh, so first of all, I, I, hallelujah, thought that was a great day, okay? And I think most of the public did, okay? He said that day that he had talked to everybody else, and my understanding was, and I said it all summer, was that Matthews, Marner, Nylander, they were all in sync. He later said, geez, I should have spent more time with Lewis Gross, Nylander's agent. Like, he got handed the keys at the 11th hour. Lou had done most of the, you know, like, he had a very difficult time. So after that, he should have hit. Austin would have signed that first week of July at more term, okay? Because John Tavares was the story. Then the season started, and by the first game, the rock stars were Mitch and Austin again, and now you were bleeped. You just signed a guy to an eleven million, and he's not the rock star to start the season. He was the rock star of the summer. 
He was the rock star. Kawhi Leonard was the basketball. I'll tell John you exactly Tavares. what happened. Uh, Matthews and Marner saw Tavares go in and say, I, 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 I'm, I, I'm not backseating to Tavares. I'm sorry. Matthews did. He said, oh. I, I'm, I'm your guy. You got to pay me more than that. <laughs> so, so you know, my favorite is when Kiprios is like, no, like no. that's it. And then, you know, Stelic jumps in to like kind of fight for Tavares's honor here and talk about how great it was. By the way, later on, they do play the clip of Kiprio saying on July 1st, 2018, like, mm, I don't know about this. It's a lot of money. <laughs> so Kiprios was not wrong. But um, this is this to me was so funny because Kiprios is funny because like he's I don't want to call him the Debbie Downer, but he's the guy who's always like, what have these guys done? They haven't yep. done anything. And it's like, yeah, he's right. <laughs> you know, it's a weird position to take from a guy who played for the Leafs. You know, like, it's crazy. But he's our guy. And it's funny to hear him kind of go up against. He's like, um, um, Doug McLean was a guest earlier on the show. And he and Stelic were talking about how what a prestigious position this job is. You're, you're, you're the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs. What's a bigger job than that? Guys, you haven't won a Stanley Cup in over 50 years. Like, <laughs> what, what are you talking about? What are you talking about? Like, I don't know. Wouldn't you rather be the general manager of the Lightning right now? Like, you know, I don't know. Just, just as an example. But anyway, it was. Good. Did you get to listen to this one? Because I know you, you had oh, made yeah. the rounds for all of them. Yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. I touched them all. <laughs> uh, this, this, this was great. And the, the, the thing I love about Kiprios yeah. in these situations, and I, and I only listened to these shows after the Leafs. Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, right. Like, yeah, and. Yeah, they're no the, fun when they're winning. They're only fun when they're losing. Yeah. <laughs> and Kiprios is always the guy who's like takes it takes it a step further. So, you know, just I remember when the Leafs struggled earlier in the season, they like came back from California and they were really struggling. And uh I, I, I was listening to the show and the other two guys were like, Yeah, it's you know, it's October thirtieth, Kipper. Like and, and he just is like, Yeah, but they are coming off a season where they got eliminated again and right. the coach looks like he's lost and you got this guy doing this and Tavares looks terrible, all this stuff. Like, that's why he's our guy. Like this is, right. this is, this is the guy who would really benefit from listening to this segment of our show. Cause he probably was <laughs> like, why on earth right. are there people, not just fans. First of all, why does this guy have a, like a, a cult following among right. the fans is one thing. Um, that is definitely a question that, that, Mm. at some point will need to be answered mm. um and people are going to have to go through a lot of kind of pitching backwards therapy to to kind of undo themselves from wherever they ended up because of their absolute bizarre infatuation with this guy right uh, and most of them are professional hockey cover people people who cover the sport professionally um he must he must think it's totally bizarre right and is probably feels like he's taking crazy pills and, and he's um you know he's an old school you know the the cliche hockey man kind of guy so mm. people can just paint him as lazily paint him as the uh don cherry light kind of folk of uh of this show and just be like yeah well of course he would say that he's a caveman <laughs> no he's just pointing out that this team didn't win a playoff series for 19 years and then they finally did yeah and it still became and it got worse mm. like that he's pointing that out while everyone else is pointing out for some reason that this guy in charge mm. led them to the regular season record 
not once but twice and yeah. whatever uh and he must think he's taking crazy pills sometimes like why why am i the only one pointed out so so to hear him just immediately just go no right <laughs> <laughs> it, it's it, he keeps endearing himself further to me and right. i want i guess it's the type of thing where i just want to write him a letter uh, yeah. for, on behalf of you know right. people who who are on this side or we're in that mm. upper deck of not on any side of the aisle. Mm. Um, and like, dude, it just, it feels good to, to hear somebody say that. Yeah. Not because even, even like Justin Bourne will get like caught up in it. Like, yeah, yeah. like, you know, but if you look at these numbers and yeah. they just, they just didn't get the gold tending or whatever, like, mm. yeah. yeah, you could say that after one series, but you lost to the blue jackets and the Canadians back to back years and still somehow didn't like get, get nobody's head rolled. Then you lost right. again and still were defiant. Like you can't really keep saying it. And, and right. Kiprios is the only one to point that out. Yeah. Born is regularly. at least he comes at, he kind of, I don't want to say making excuses, but like he looks at it from an analytical, perhaps a, a luck perspective, like shit happens kind of, you know, players perspective sometimes of getting through the other guys like Stellick, like Doug McLean, like John Shannon, these other guys, they look at it from a pure, like pompous historical point of view. Like how could this guy want to leave the Toronto Maple Leafs? Yeah. Like who would, who, like as if no other team exists, you know, like we've been through this again with the Islanders. Like, and, that, and that was the other thing kind of tying back to the original thing, the yeah. original clip that we posted. Hmm. Uh, yeah. He's not complaining about like a job in a coal mine. Right. Yeah. This job was hard on my family. Yeah. This was such a taxing year. Mm. Dude. Yeah. You guys had the easiest regular season of anybody in the league. Like you Which knew is you... a point born made on a previous episode yeah. of yeah. Right. And and it's 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 a job where you have more resources than basically any any but like ninety nine percent of the people on the planet <laughs> don't have the resources you do. Oh, it was tough on my family. Like you, mm. you can ask, Hey, mm. can I have you know this this help to help you know my my family my my kids right. or whatever and you know, it's not this is not some some guy going down into the mines at 6 a.m and coming up at 3 p.m <laughs> yeah like that, that right. that's what was so bizarre going back to that thing like how could how could he just get fired for just admitting that that yeah. life is hard right yeah oh because if anybody else on the planet did it they would also get fired for doing <laughs> doing that I mean, I, I do want to say that if, if we don't know if, what effect this had on his family, you know, Dubas hasn't spoken. So maybe we'll line yeah. later. Well, but, well, that was the thing. Like it, right. we didn't. Right. But then he emails Thursday night asking for the job back. Right. Yeah. Which Shanahan pointed out. So I was like, okay, buddy, like I felt bad yeah. for you for a second there and yeah. you lost me. <laughs> cause I wonder if, cause I, the thing that when he kept bringing it up in his press conference, I thought to myself, remember when James Reimer was the goalie for the Leafs when they lost the Bruins. And his wife took a ton of abuse on Twitter and then eventually hastened his his trade to Florida, I believe. And I wonder if it's something along those lines, because I think his kids are little. So I don't know what how how much pressure there are on these little tiny kids. It's not like his kids are are in high school or something. Like I remember I know for you know, I've read things that Al Arbor's kids had a tough time in high schools and whatnot on the island before nineteen eighty, specifically May twenty fourth of that year, you know, because it looked like things weren't going that well. So I, you know, there, there is a scenario where I can buy that, but it just came out of nowhere. And yeah, again, he was like all set to take the job again. But one person that is definitely not taking, well, he's taking some abuse, but not as much. And I'll explain in a minute 
is the captain of the Maple Leafs, John Tavares. Uh, he obviously, we, we heard that clip before. This That was the second time that Tavares had come up on the uh, this episode of Kipper and Bourne. And it's funny to me that people are now like, well, this is an albatross contract. He's got it. They got to get rid of him. They got to get him to, you know, waive his no movement clause, trade him to San Jose for Eric Carlson, trade him to Detroit for a bag of pucks or whatever it is, get rid of him. Now that's funny enough as it is, but uh, I find it really interesting that he's not taking any abuse as the captain of the team. Like he's nobody's saying like, how have you not led this team past the second round of the playoffs in five years? Like he had a great series against the lightning this year. Good for him. But like, then what? Like, that's it. And you know, that's kind of bar for the court. That's what he did for the Islanders too. And a great series against the Panthers. And then that was it. He was, they, they got cooked in five games against the lightning in the next round. But anyway, here's our final clip. Um, this is, again, earlier from the same episode of Kipper and Bourne, but it's Kipper and Gord Stelic. And uh, this is talking about the player interviews for the Leafs. And Kiprios is saying that, you know, these guys all say they want to be Leafs, but this is pretty normal. And Stelic, I don't know, maybe he just came back from the Phantom Zone or something, but it'll make a lot more sense when you hear the clip. I'm going to play it right now. Two different teams. But to Sam's point, that was the best part Monday from a Leaf point of view. The surprising part was was Kyle's statement. Austin, for the first time, not being vanilla and saying, I'm looking to stay here for a lot of years. Like, he could have kept cards to the vest and just, you know, well, I'm going to talk, going to figure it out. But but he actually expressed that, which I view as, I view as a positive. Can I just say that, though? For And listen. Yeah. After what I've seen the last few years with unrestricted free agents, go back and find the comments on with John Tavares with the Islanders. Did he say that? Go back and find Johnny Gaudreau. No, John and Tavares Calgary. always kept it close to the vest. I don't know about Johnny Gaudreau. They all, no one gave the impression that they didn't like where they were. No, but they don't okay? say anything. I know, but they don't. They they, they don't offer up. I want to be here for many years. I'll, I'll, I'll dig out some some quotes for you, and they were all under the impression that yeah they'll work something out or they're yeah you know they yeah they like it here and that's blah, where blah, blah, that's blah. where I like Kawhi. Let's just wait. Ka- and Kawhi see. Leonard never right? gave us one second. And I'm of not doubt. saying that he won't resign, but I, I, I I'm just saying how can you truly trust it in today's world when it's as as Kyle proved this week, it's all about the money. So. <laughs> Gord Stelic's thing apparently is not knowing that John Tavares told people he wanted to stay with the Islanders, which I mean, you talk about wanting to write Kiprios a letter. I wanted to jump into my computer and grab <laughs> Gord Stelic by the collar and be like, sir, I don't, I don't want to call him dude or bro, sir. I have 94,000 words, a quarter of which or at least have John Tavares saying, I hope it works out. I've always maintained that I want to stay here. I, I, I'm excited for the future here. All that kind of stuff. And then he left. And good on Kiprios for being like, no, he said he wanted to stay there too. And he left. So Austin Matthews saying he wants he want him one. He Austin Matthews saying he wants to stay with the Leafs doesn't really mean a whole lot of a hill of beans until he actually signs a contract extension, right? Because they all say that kind of stuff. I was flabbergasted. I was shaking, physically shaking. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if I, I almost like message born and being like, Hey dude, I sorry to interrupt your vacation, but when you come back, tell Gord Stelic that he's out to lunch. You know, I didn't know what to do. I, I was looking for like his email address so I can email Gord directly. If everybody out there knows Gord Stelic, please tell him that he's wrong. 
we know of this, this is wrong. But I was just like, and again, this is the attitude. The attitude is the Leafs exist and nobody else does. And, you know, what happens to them is special. None of those, those player interviews, at least the clips that I heard, were anything different than what I've heard from a million Islanders teams before. And I'm sure I heard from a million other teams out there. They just, yeah, we love it here. Well, why wouldn't you? <laughs> you know, why wouldn't you love playing for this team? You're pampered. You're taken care of. You're making a lot of dough. So what if you never made it out of the second round of playoffs? Who cares? Like, it's not like anybody's getting <laughs> fired or anything, right? I guess, yeah. I guess one person did. And, and there was a great clip in, in the show where, where Stelic was, or producer Sam was just like, yeah, well, the culture yeah. at, Toronto, in the, at the Leafs is great. And right. Kiprios just cuts him off and goes, the culture stinks. <laughs> <laughs> they don't win. Like, that's why it stinks. Right. Um, but yeah, and, and, and this that, that clip, from Stelic, I think, in a, such a funny way, is exactly why we're spending another hour <laughs> talking about this this right. whole situation, which is this is now the second clip this this since the Leafs got eliminated where somebody has completely revision re, wrote some revisionist history about right. the Tavares thing. The other one was that Lou Lamarillo was the one that signed him, which was uh, yes. Oh my by, God. Another one, J- JD Bunkus or something. Yeah, we're like, we're like, when when did Dubas take over again? Like, right after, right after Tavares signed, right? Like, Lou signed Tavares. Like, no, dude, <laughs> that was your boy. No, <laughs> it, it 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 was actually the exact opposite. Right, he signed away from Lou. Hmm. Um, yeah, and but that's the point. Like, that's why this stuff is right now so delicious. Is because we have to put up with this stuff, and 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 just because, and if somebody says that with with this kind of following, whether it's mm. James Myrtle or JD Bunkus or Gord Stellick on this show or Sirius mm. XM NHL Radio, whatever, you know the people listening in, you know Des Moines, Iowa or Saskatoon, they just listen to him like, oh yeah, that must be right because right. these guys are the professionals, and this, their job is to be right about this kind of stuff. And you're like, well, they're not, mm. they're not right. Um, he told John Tavares told us a million times he was going to stay, and this uh, this clip relates to what in pre pre Shanahan's press conference. My favorite clip of the week before that was uh, Luke Fox jukebox <laughs> did a couple of radio. Wow, we hits. finally got to him. It took finally. an hour and sixteen minutes I know, right? to get to him. Yeah, we talked. We're, we're, you know, we I can't believe we talked about Lane Lambert before Luke Fox jukebox <laughs> on an Islander show. Uh, he had a radio hit and uh with with Kipper and Bourne and, and Jeff Merrick and uh the the one with Merrick was uh Friday before the press conference with Shanahan and he's and Jeff Merrick rightly was pointed out, Hey, this press this press release says the Leafs have decided to part ways with Kyle Dubas. Does that mean that that means he was fired, right? And Luke Buck was like, no, 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 nobody would. Who in their right mind would ever fire Kyle Dubas? That would be like a, a dereliction of duty. Um, <laughs> but a couple of days before that, when he was on with Kipper and Bourne after uh, the Dubas stuff, he pointed out that, and I'm not kidding you, hmm. Austin Matthews sent a subtle message to Leafs fans yeah. in his postseason breakdown interview because he wore yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs gear while yeah. he did his interview. <laughs> wow. So and subtle. that was a subtle yeah. message that he wants to be here. Mm. 
I mean, and that's like, I it's delusional. <laughs> it is. This is the unhinging. Yeah. <laughs> that that is the team he plays for. Mm. He's that is the, the the company he works for. Was he supposed to wear an Anaheim Ducks shirt? Right. Like, oh, oh, yeah, that would not be subtle, Luke, mm-hmm. Luke Fox Jukebox. That, that, yeah. that is just him wearing the clothes that he wears for work. Yeah. That he had um, his locker room before, you know. Uh, like John Tavares, I'm sure, at every Islanders press conference, including his last one, probably wore an Islanders yeah. shirt. Like, uh, and if he did it, I don't think any of us would be like, hey, maybe we would have at the time. We were unhinged. Like, that was our unhinging. Uh, Was, and and it's funny that you think about the the two, if that was our great unhinging, (laughs) and and this is theirs, you just think about the the complete difference of, A, the people who have become unhinged Mm. were fans. Right. Right? Like, you didn't see Arthur Staple or, like, Brian Compton. Doing like like going full Tiananmen Square, at, you know Maple Leaf Plaza, right. in front of Brendan Shanahan's SUV, driving him for, to Ford Performance Center. Like right. they just was like, yeah, John Tavares signed with the Leafs. I don't know what to tell you. My job is to report the news, not right. cry because it happened. That's your job, and we did it. Yeah, uh, there's an off Broadway play about it, and <laughs> <laughs> so this uh, their unhinging is. Right. Not only are there fans, which you'd be like, oh sure, like you're mm. you're you like this general manager and mm. you're upset that he's gone. You think yeah. that this is a bad decision for the team you were for. That stinks. I'm sorry. Uh but the Joshua Cloaks oh. and Luke Fox jukeboxes of the world, their job isn't to become mm. unhinged. Chris Johnston as well. Like Oh like, man, yeah, he wrote a real whopper for his northstarbets.ca that was also like dripping with just like, how could they do this? This is unbelievable. You know, they better know what they're doing. Like that kind of thing. Yeah. The headline was everybody's going to regret this. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's just, it's great. But, but, and so we should spend a word for the fans. We've been talking about like journalists, but you know, they've been going crazy and I guess that that's there. Right. But some of them have gone really crazy and I'm not going to call out people specifically, but like, I've seen a lot of takes that are like, well, you know, the regular season is really a better barometer of success for a team, you know. And in that case, you know, Dubas is, was very successful. Like they set many records the Leafs did over the last five years. Yeah, okay. What did they win? They're like, what, what are we doing here? Like, what, what, what is the we're we're really doing this now? Like, oh yeah, well they won a bunch of games. They had 111 points or whatever. They had 105 points before he took over. When Lou was the GM, they had 100 points. And now, so so in five years, they've gained six points in the standings? That's what you're talking about? That's what this whole thing was about? Six standings points? And, you know, one extra win in the second round? Like, it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah, and I saw people being like, well, well, Dubas actually predates Lou. He was yeah. hired before Lou as he was the AGM. Well, that's a bigger indictment. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. Yeah, any way you slice it, it's crazy. Now, I do want to call, you mentioned it before, uh, I did listen to... Oh man, what was it? It was maybe it was Leafs talk. I think that's the uh, the sports night one with JD Bunkus and, and again Sam McKee again. And I got to tell you, like that one, I thought was actually fairly on the level. It's two guys, uh, and they talked about a lot of the stuff that we're talking about here. Just the fact that they didn't really win anything, and you know, really maybe moving on from Dubas probably isn't the worst idea for them to get some new eyes. Now the problem is. 
you don't know what the future is going to be like. And that that's a significant fear of like, what, what is the future going to be like? And, you know, with us, I mean, we went through it last year. Oh my God, you fired Barry Trotz. <laughs> like, what the hell? You know, um, Actually, and, yeah. let's, I want to just kind of talk about that real quick. Mm-hmm. I meant to bring that up earlier. Like yeah. when the Islanders fired Barry Trotz, people were mad. Yeah. And then they moved on. And there was no, once again, uh, you didn't see Kevin Kurz Mm. or, you know, descend from the rafters and and try to like (laughs) kidnap Lou Lamarillo. Like, it seems like people are doing Brendan Shanahan right now. Like, you want to talk about whose family's probably going through a taxing time right now. It's probably his because his wife and kids are. Craig Janney's wife or whoever is probably wondering <laughs> why is why is that the the head editor of hmm. the, the athletic crying right. on our front lawn right now and, and has like uh, a pitchfork and and right and whatever like but yeah I, I mean it sucked we were very upset we grieved when Barry Trotz was fired and right. we missed him and we still miss him and we we appreciated him sure. for his time and and then we just said well there's nothing we can do about it yeah because yeah. he's it's not our decision who right. coaches the New York Islanders. It's, it's our right as fans to be upset about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it's the media's right to report and try to figure out why it happened. Yeah. And it was a totally normal reaction for a sports thing. Mm. I don't yeah. think I can think, I don't, I can't recall any, anybody becoming unhinged. No, like I not, was upset. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you didn't have anybody sort of like losing their mind and like kind of caping for and defending everything that he did. Yeah. Um, and and over time, and again, I, I want to reiterate this, like over time, it became very clear that this was a hard year on Barry Trotz's family. And I'm not saying that to like slap Kyle Dubas in the face, but it really was. He had he lost his mom. He had a couple of daughters getting married. Uh, he, he had a whole lot of stuff going on. And so when we talk about Lou firing Barry and letting him go, to me, it was Barry was burnt out. And Lou did him a favor <laughs> by letting him go because he might not have been all in on the what would have been the last season of his contract. And I think that probably is why Barry and Lou have still remained in close contact with each other, even after they let him go. And so, you know, he wanted to get into management. I guess he wanted to move back to Nashville. And so, you know, Lou let him go and took that bullet. Whereas really Barry, it was, you know, wanted to kind of get out. I think he just had a lot more going on and he maybe couldn't have given his full attention to the Islanders. And it sucks because again, we love Barry, but, that's that makes a lot of sense and so it's almost like if that's the case with dubas you know i don't think it certainly hasn't come out that way but i wonder if there's something similar like that but for whatever reason there definitely wasn't like again you people were mad like they were still mad all summer can't believe this has happened but it was like fan mad it was like people on twitter or whatever being mad, podcast being mad about it but you didn't have like journalists going on on podcasts and like literally laying out the reasons why this man should have kept his job and he, he really was doing all the my favorite thing about all this dubious stuff is that i love when people are like well we, you know we didn't really have a, a full view of his body of work so, so you really couldn't have you yeah. know guessed that how, this how was, can we evaluate him how how could we evaluate him? we only had five years as a general manager <laughs> dude five years <sighs> five years like we you know we had an evaluation of barry trotz's tenure as the islanders it was great 
But, you know, if, if Lou felt that maybe he wasn't going to be there and he had other stuff going on and, you know, Barry w- would have appreciated being let go, then that's just how it works. But that's clearly not what happened here. So this has kind of been your Leafs, you know, Kyle Dubas roundup. Uh, the crazy thing is that, again, they have some serious contract issues coming up by July 1st. If Austin Matthews doesn't get a contract extension, his uh well his no trade clause kicks in on july 1st so if they can't get him on an extension they're either going to go into the season with a guy who's not signed and can't be traded uh, or they got to trade him um mitch marner has no movement clause but people want to see him gone william nylander has a i don't think he has any mo- no movement clause but people want to see him gone but he's only got two years left Tavares is the guy everybody wants to see gone, but <laughs> they can't get rid of him because he doesn't want to go uh and he's got to have to waive a no movement clause so this is going to get weird very, very quickly. And the list of guys who are up for, you know, or at least being considered has already been come down to guys like Brad true living. Brandon Pridham is the interim guy. He was like, uh, uh, Dubas sort of Lieutenant another numbers guy. So he's going to get the same treatment. Oh, I completely forgot to tell, to say Jason Spezza resigned, <laughs> which is another thing. That, like, oh my God. He's so loyal to Dubas. He resigned. Okay. Like, well, that was, know. that was another, uh, uh you know this it it's been supernatural this phenomena of this unhinging yeah. yeah because they that guy mike mckenna from um yeah the goalie guy the goalie guy yeah. yeah he he had a he had a tweet where he was talking about how spezza is like a leaf through and through and and right. has always wanted to like bring the stanley cup home to toronto yeah right yeah the, the guy who played for the senators and stars he always wanted to bring it back to toronto what really? is like yeah. You played in the same league as him when he was on other teams. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> like, I, you might have Mike McKenna bounced around. He might have been like a organizational teammate yeah. of Jason Spezza's with the Senators. Like, there's a decent right. chance. Mm. And, and he's a leaf through and through. Sure, he is. But this is what happens during this unhinging is that this stuff just gets mm. erased unless you're wearing blue and white, right. uh, and in which case you are. Right become you know the pope and and i i said this i think i said this to you about the myrtle seagull podcast and then just the way joshua cloakin has covered things at the athletic as well Hmm. uh he wrote he he wrote this this uh this like here's what we know like like as if you know when when uh like russia invaded ukraine like the new york times puts out when when a big story happens, right? They they put out like a, but this just happened, right? You know, a bank the the bank just uh, this bank just got robbed in New York City. Here's what we know, kind of right. thing, and it's just like a couple quick bullet points of, mm. you know, we don't know who did it, or whatever. Um, and Joshua Cloak wrote one of those <laughs> for for Kyle Dubas getting fired, who's the general manager of a of a sports team. <sighs> Kyle Dubas fired from yeah. Toronto Maple Leafs. Right. Here's what we know, and yeah. you're like, does this guy think he's like giving like a a, a breaking news bulletin. Yeah. At, so you got that guy who thinks that mm. what he's doing is he's reporting from, you know, the front lines of Bastogne or something. And, <laughs> and is like, you know, telling people how right. the offensive's going against the, the Nazis. Mm. And then you got the, the James Myrtle, J- Jonas Siegel guys who yeah. are just found out Santa Claus isn't real. Yeah. And, they, and they're trying to, they're trying to cope and be like, well, maybe he is. Yeah. Maybe you if not? you just, if, if right. maybe our 
our parents don't know that he's mm. real and it's actually been santa that's been doing this i mean santa's my friend i see him at the mall every year and i tell <laughs> exactly. him what i want so you can't you know i don't know how you could tell me he's not who, real right if, if santa's not real who got us michael bunting right <laughs> oh he's another guy he's another guy in the oh they're not gonna resign him good good riddance list like this guy this was the guy everybody was like they were aghast that he didn't win the calder trophy last year <laughs> And now it's like, well, screw him. He's gone. We're gone. The, by the way, the athletic, by the way, is that this right now it's, it's a Leafs blog basically right now with a, a section for other teams, because you got a couple of teams that are in the playoffs still, of course, most of them don't have any writers. So like, you know, they got, they got a, their stuff kind of floats to the top, but the draft is over. Everybody else is quiet and the Leafs are the only one making noise. So now it's like a Leafs blog with, occasional little sprinkles of here and there of other teams. And it's, uh, it's great. This is exactly what I want for my, my subscription fee. Um, so <laughs> it's been, it's been a lot. And again, by the time, hopefully by the time you listen to this, it's still fresh, but I mean, a week from now, I mean, it's Sunday. We're talking by, by this time next week, they could have a new general manager and we could be in part three of this, this whole thing um, could be Brad your living. It could be um, uh, Mark Hunter, who was the guy who was passed over in favor of Dubas all those years ago when they let Lou go, maybe Dale Hunter becomes coach. Oh yeah. That's another guy. Sheldon Keefe has no idea what's going on. Who is good. Whose boss is going to be, if he's even going to have a job. I mean, he's probably going to get let go, but uh, there's a lot of ways that this can get really weird. And of course uh, Shanahan was like, we want somebody with experience. So all of your sort of fantasy, you know, uh, numbers guy, uh, assistant GMs from around the league, might as well need not apply because they they want a guy who's been in the job before. And True Living was like, oh, again, he stepped away. So now you're gonna he's gonna step into the a bigger job even than Calgary. So uh it's it, it's a lot and it's been entertaining and it will continue to be entertaining. And then that leaves the question. So what happens to Dubas? We don't know. Uh <laughs> there was a story that he might get a call from the Penguins. Uh, but they're already kind of Elliot Friedman has been talking about how they're already far down the line on their their search for a new general manager. So to me, this is nothing. This is just the two teams that get high on their own farts the most coming together to create a story about nothing. Uh, so I don't know if that's going to happen. But and, you know, I want to just address this right now. You're going to hear a lot about how much Dubas and Lou Lamorello are close. Kevin Kerr has already wrote an article about this. Uh, and I think we're going to hear more of this. And so there's, you know, I think there's probably a small chance that Dubas comes to work for the Islanders in some capacity, not necessarily general manager, but something because he is tight with Lou, but you never know. He might get an opportunity, better opportunity someplace else. If he wants his family to be taken care of, well, Hey, listen, we got the schools, you know, we got the schools here on the Island. The kids love them. Uh, you know, your, your wife can, can hang out with the Islanders wives. It seems like a great group. And uh, really, uh, it's, you know, it's a, you could live a quiet life here, Kyle. Um, but I want to be very clear about something. And I, because I've heard have people say to me, oh, you don't want him. Why would you want him? Why would you want Dubas here? This sucks. But the only reason I say this is because of two things. One, again, the, the relationship with Lou, which is well documented. But two, Kyle Dubas coming to work for the Islanders would make a lot of people very, very <laughs> angry. <laughs> and that's the only reason I want it to happen. Yeah. Absolutely 100% out of spite. 
That's it. That's my only reasoning. I, did, I mean, do you feel the same way? Yeah. Like okay. <laughs> we've been saying it. I mean, how long? How many times have we said it in a season on mm. this podcast? Like the the funniest ending of this entire saga is right. Him coming to be the the heir 100%. apparent to Lou Lamarillo, his buddy, mm. um, and like yeah. you, like I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility yeah, because. Definitely. This week has been kind of a, mm. a, 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 a an example of you don't you have no idea in in professional sports like what's mm. coming next. You just don't. You right. don't know what these these your team plays really well in the first period, then they go to the intermission and they come out a completely different team. Like mm. that that happens right. in professional sports. So just because people would be like, why would he ever go to the like that's crazy. Like right. yeah, it's outlandish to think, but. Let's just think about what just happened this past week. Also on Monday, Kyle Dubas said, uh, I think the quote was, you know, I, I, I'm not going to pop up somewhere next week and, yeah. and put my family through that. It's just, I can't put that, I can't do that yeah. to them. Right. Um, which, of course, got what? Right. You know, Chris Johnston <laughs> basically threw a rose on the stage at his feet. <laughs> and just crying. They talked about it, actually. These guys were like, it was really emotional, that, that press yeah. conference. Uh, like he's got choked up talking mm. about this. Like dude, He's playing, you guys. Mm. Um, but yet, he he said that and then had his boss, five days later, mm. go on that same, same stage and then tear him apart yeah. limb from limb. Right. Hour by hour, minute hour by, minute. by hour, in front of his <laughs> his wow. people. Yeah, uh, it was very Games of Thronesian. Yeah, that's what Shanahan did. Like you are now my subjects. Like you are yeah. James Myrtle. Like you, yeah. you, your man, your man is gone. And try yeah. texting him. He's gonna tell you no comment. Don't forget who's in charge here. Basically, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I hate Brendan Shanahan. I truly do. I always have. And for those twenty five minutes, yeah, boy, did I not hate him. Yeah, and that's kind of how I'm, what I'm getting at with Dubis is, mm. man, this guy's been annoying. Yeah, and, and it's maybe it's not his fault as much as it is Joshua Cloaks and Chris <laughs> Johnston's and James mm. Myrtle's fault. What the way I feel about him, but he's not the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs anymore. Yeah, he's not. So if he, I don't hate him. He's not. Mm. You know, he's not wearing that leaf on his lapel anymore. And right whatever and if you told if you said to me on monday after his press conference you know he's going to be an island he's gonna be the islanders next you know big front office hire after that business mm. guy that <laughs> they hired right. uh last week i would have said no nah, probably not it didn't sound like it but after the shanahan thing yeah i oh, truly yeah. think it's inside the realm of possibilities because what the one thing i could tell you that kyle dubas knows is he knows the one the the move that he can make this is personal now i think we can be fair right right like yeah. between him and shanahan and, and sure however it's going and i think he would if you said okay well which of these moves possible moves that you can make would piss them off the most mm. and you can maybe make a salient argument that it would be the senators right and i think on the surface that's a pretty easy argument to make but when you who, dig into it 
who, by the way, still have a general manager. Yes. Like, this is what's funny to me about the Senators thing, because Dubas apparently is from Ottawa. He grew up a Senators fan. And it's like, oh, well, you know, he and Spezza can go take over the Senators. That'd be great. Yeah, you might want to run that by Pierre Dorian. Like, mm. you know, like that's that's, that's kind of cruel, dude. Get the fuck out the, of here. Come on. And, and let's just say, he, you know, Dorian's kicks upstairs, whatever. Right. Like, you could say, like, yeah, that's a, they're a provincial rival. The Senators mm. are kind of little brother in there. And that would piss them off. But right. – I could tell you that Kyle Dubas understands the nuance of right. what going to the Islanders would do, right. what it would what it would do to James Myrtle, mm. Luke Fox jukebox would just disintegrate. <laughs> yeah, oh the thin air, the tears, the tears. Yeah. Oh my God! Could you imagine? Have you ever heard a grown man cry in like a twenty thousand word? essay on a website <laughs> you would you would hear eight people do that it wouldn't even just be them it would be the doms and the the all these other like analytics guys that are all just like in dubas's pocket they would go bananas and here's the thing i don't think if this guy is worried about his family while being the G- gm of the leafs like what does he think being the gm of the senators would be again assuming that this is all serious like that would be that would be torturous <laughs> right. even worse he could come to the island and just get away from all of that. Yeah. You know, he would just be divorced from all of that. Go to the beach. Like, and, and, and be a normal guy. Like, and have more, a conversation with someone on yeah. a line at a, at a, at a deli and right. them just have no idea who you are. Yeah. If the worst thing that would happen, we talk about this all the time. You'd be getting a line. He'd be online at a bagel shop and, he, and you might hear one or two people be like, yo, Kyle, make sure you beat the Rangers this week. Okay, yeah. man. Thanks. Yeah. Take or care. Or someone That's- might buy his <laughs> breakfast for him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Right. <laughs> You might uh, get recognized at Roosevelt Field Mall. Yeah, Maybe you won't hear. You won't. Person. He won't have to see a, a seventeen thread tweet. Right. Oh my god! Or a seventeen tweet thread from Joshua Cloak about what? Right. What he just ate at the at yeah. set deli. Like he won't find pictures of himself on Twitter drinking coffee and talking to people. About, oh, what deal is he working on here? Hey, maybe he's just drinking a coffee. Like I don't even know. But anyway, <laughs> but and like if you're sitting there thinking like why would why would we want them to hire somebody out of spite? This entire team is built on spite. Yeah. Spite is baked into the fabric of the Islanders. They exist because of spite for the WHA, for the the various political parties in charge in Nassau County when the Coliseum was built. Uh, spite for Butch the Goring, naysayers. Butch yeah. Goring's retirement, Jer- Jersey retirement. All of it. Butch right. Goring's bobblehead day on Tavares being back in yep. the Coliseum this Double year. Double chili, like, all of that stuff. Yeah. It's all part, the 50 and 50, it's all part of, I mean, maybe not 50 and 50, but like all of these things are in spite. The, the pod van sucks and the whole, like, it's all built out of spite. This Which team is, is built. But it's all about. It's about right. being. Like, people are like, you're such a hater. Right. Why would oh, you get. Like, oh, the entire 83 finals are all about spite. They they shut those bastards out because uh, they couldn't stand hearing about them. And so they Billy Smith and those guys decided they're just never going <laughs> to score on us. That's spite. Yeah. It's. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it is. And, and there's just this contingent that just can't wrap their head around it. They're, they're, yeah. There's. Yeah. A bunch of uh, and and I think these are more athletic people. They were like, mm. you know, this is going to set hockey back. That a, right, you know, w- what are we going to do? Just hire another old school hockey man GM? Like pretty much, <laughs> yeah. Like and meanwhile, like you know exactly what they're thinking. They're like Lou Lamarillo. Like this is right. like, this is Lou's. First of all, there were people who said like this is Lou's fault. Like, like there was a I don't know what tweet it was, and right. I gotta find it now. But yeah. but they're <laughs> right. Well, because like you know they already had a bunch of contracts signed. Yeah, or something like so. they, we didn't even get right. to see yet. Right, we didn't know what Dubis could truly do because he right. was spent the first five years of his tenure undoing what Lamarillo right. did. You know, he, like he had to trade a first round pick, Mitch Marner. Yeah, he had to trade a first round pick because Lou signed Patrick Marlowe. Patrick Marlowe, right, right, right. So, yeah, 
yeah luke and, and nobody also nobody ever brings up the fact on these shows like hmm. uh I think I think it was the Seagull and Myrtle show. Whoever it was, someone was like, "This, this is." It was finally becoming a Kyle Dubas team. Like more yeah. every year, more and more every year, it was becoming mm-hmm. his team. He built this front office. Yeah, he built really from the ground up. Yeah, yeah. Is that the Seattle Kraken? Right. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah, I thought that too. Was this an expansion team? Well, yeah. He's no. Oh, he man. came into a team where he already had Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, Morgan Riley, John, and then he had a, right. a free agent pick them. They wow. had everything. They had more yeah. money than anyone destination um and yeah i want this guy to come to long island very badly because right. i oh would crowdfund a, bl- <laughs> a blimp or something in yeah. toronto to just you know photoshop a picture of him in islander right. bed sheets or whatever i don't know what I would do. <laughs> like it would it would be great because that would be amazing it would just yeah. and, and yeah. it's Man, like I said, I didn't think it could get better. I really did. And, and now I'm like, okay, it cannot get better. It might. But it just might. It, might. <laughs> it, just, it might. just might. Oh, my God. If Dale Hunter gets gets named coach. Oh, my God. Oh, there's you, someone, yeah. someone, someone had to, like, I think, I think Dom at the Athletic was like, hmm. you know, the, the reason that, that Dubas got hired as GM was because he was right more often than not in, like, the player personnel decisions, like, drafting Mitch Marner over Noah Hannafin when their assistant GM at the time was Mark Hunter, who was like his coach or GM in junior. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure Mark Hunter wasn't like, yeah, no, don't draft this really good player because you know, draft the other guy that I don't know. Merrick was talking about how Hunter has a uh, relationship with Tavares with, with Marner and stuff. And I was like, Oh great. So they'll, they'll send in somebody who knows Tavares to tell him you gotta, you gotta waive your no trade clause. We gotta trade. Oh my god. Yeah. These awesome. these uh these old hockey men are going to come in there and and ruin yeah. the, the 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 ultra successful Toronto Maple Leafs and I Can't wait. Let's <sighs> keep our fingers crossed. Okay. Whew. Well, it's been another one. So, you know, people enjoyed the first one. We're back again and it was fun and hey, again, we might have a third one. I can't can't can't, can't <laughs> rule it out, but we'll have to see. No. You yeah. really just <laughs> like, like I said the point I was making, like you just right. can't rule it out at this point. Yeah. You just yeah. I have no idea what's coming next. I feel right. This, this entire saga, starting from Tavares being drafted, mm. basically, right. leading to this, um, <sighs> I, it's mm. in in a in a in a funny way, like you feel like you're in like the last season of a TV show that you've been watching, and you're yeah. just waiting for the next episode and hoping it's just going to be great because yeah. I I. If the Islanders, the Islanders take next season off, and it's just the Leafs just f- f- completely mm. fall apart, and Tavares is run out of town. Oh like God. I don't care if the Islanders just like are like yeah, we had to suspend operations for a year. We can't play. <laughs> like I, I wouldn't care. This would be enough for me. Yeah, I mean we'll see. We'll see when who's on the Leafs next year. But uh, yeah. we got we got a few months before the season <laughs> there's starts. There's nobody so. on their their roster. They got like five right. guys signed, and one right. of them they need to trade because everyone's <laughs> like we got to get rid of one at least one of these guys. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, this it's roster that he fight. built. Yeah. Is completely barren for right. for next season. Right. Oh, and by the way, 
so are the Penguins, who may be in a worse situation than than the Leafs are. So I don't know why he would take yeah, over. Oh, that Kyle job, Dubas but. is coming. He's going to tell yeah. Evgeny Malkin like we got to find right. a way out of yeah. this deal sometime. Yeah, Chris Letang, you're from Montreal, right? Well, we'll see you <laughs> later because you're a Montreal Canadian now. Yeah, I doubt that's going to happen. Anyway, all right, we need to we need to stop here and uh, and move on. But uh, we appreciate everybody listening and putting up with us. And hopefully, again, you feel the same way. We heard a lot of people say that you know they felt the same way and. These are pretty crazy. So uh, this is an extra super long episode. We put the clips in there, but uh, we hope you've enjoyed it. Uh, I just want to real quick before we we wrap it up. Uh, I get emails occasionally uh, from listeners and and I'm the world's worst email replier. I never, I, I'm so bad at it. I, I got to get better at it and I read them and then I get distracted by God only knows what. And so I, I haven't gotten back to people and I feel really bad because these guys sent me some lovely emails and I, I never responded. And I just, I, there was, I just want to shout them out real quick. They're listeners there. We, we value you. We, we thank you so much for your support. Uh, Joe Wheeler, Bill Pulaski, Jan Viter, thank you so much for your support, for your emails. I'm so sorry I never wrote you guys back. Something personal, I promise. I'm just the worst. I really am the worst email. Ask my cousin. He's my my favorite cousin. He's a year younger than me, and we only email each other once a year on, on each other's birthdays, and that's it. And I really shouldn't be like that way, but it is. So, Joe, Bill, Jan, thank you so much. We really, really appreciate it. And uh, and that's it. Uh, we will be back uh, in a couple of weeks. We got a great episode of Weird Islanders coming up. Um, in a couple of weeks. We just had a great episode last week on Trevor Linden with our friend John Zella from NASA men hockey podcast. Check it out. Uh, it was a great look at a really weird era. We, we talked, you know, it's almost like Linden was kind of secondary to the era itself. Uh, but he was also kind of a, a poster boy for that era. So, uh, it, it was wild and, uh, he was a favorite of mine. I'm really glad John picked him and uh, check it out and check out the NASA men hockey podcast too. Uh, okay. Sign up at patreon.com slash Islanders anxiety for bonus content and ad free episodes. Follow us on Twitter at Isles Anxiety Pod. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, please. Five stars. <laughs> Thank you. Read Lighthouse Hockey every single day. Three most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. Another place to uh, exult in leap failures. Uh, visit VintageIceHockey.com. Use the code 4Cups when you spend 50 bucks or more. Get a free coffee mug, pint glass, or Islanders Anxiety Puck. Try Wines from the Pinot Project. Follow the Fans First Sports Network on Twitter at FansFirstSN. And Mike, where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh, the Big Lee Basket with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. Read and listen to his work at Action Network. Any final thoughts for now on the lease? Because <laughs> yeah, God knows we're going to have more. Yeah. <laughs> There's no, I, I want to reiterate kind of what you said, which is when we do these Islanders anxiety, a podcast about the New York Islanders episodes about the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs> you know, you, you, I used to always feel a little self-conscious mm. when we first started doing them. Mm. Uh, because you know you, you think people would get angry mm. listening to an Islanders podcast about a different team entirely. Mm. Then the feedback has started coming in, and and this isn't just from the past two, but mm. from ones of of yesteryear as well. And it always just cracks me up mm. that that the feedback we get from these podcasts because these specific episodes because you you just get such a funny appreciation. Mm. for the listeners that we have mm. uh, not only are they do they get it but they're hilarious themselves and like they they see this the humor in luke fox jukebox yeah. talking about the toronto maple leafs bonding at a bruce springsteen concert and oh, like how it's right. like the yeah. most important yeah like this is this is this could change the season that's so funny they made these that. trades and now the first thing that jake mccabe did 
with see Bruce Springsteen with his new teammates. Mm. We'll be looking back on this one when they're hoisting the cup as a seminal moment. Like they, they get the, they get why that stuff is just so completely (laughs) insane. And these people are, yeah, have come unhinged. Um, and yeah, I just, I want to say that I, I appreciate that, that, Mm. that, you know, I've, it's a conversation right now between two people, you and me, but it's really like, it's, it's basically a whatever, however many people listen to our show <laughs> conversation uh, right. about this. And every single one of us, every single one of us is on the exact same page. Yeah. That is yeah. so hard to do with right. anything in life. Anything well, like everybody is on the same page here. Yeah. Well, it's like I said, if you're a hockey fan, you're, you're stuck with this stuff. Yeah. So, you know, and if you're an Islanders fan and you're stuck with this stuff, well, I think we're all going to be on the same page. But yeah, uh, yeah, no, definitely, uh, it's it's great, and uh, we hope we we don't wear out the welcome with these. We don't intend on doing this too often, but when this is the top story and it involves tangentially, sort of revolving around the Islanders, no, it does honestly, <laughs> and it's a point we haven't made yet, and I'll yeah. do it really quickly. It really does make me a little bit more grateful for Lou Lamarillo. Yeah. It's true. St- stability isn't something you can really like tangibly feel. Yeah. And the Islanders hadn't had stability for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they do now. And the Leafs don't. And you watch when you watch another team kind of come apart at the seams, when you watch yeah. a great unhinging, if you will, you look at the Islanders. So, you know, he's made mistakes and mm-hmm. stuff, stuff like that. But this team is on a straight and narrow and, that is something that should not be overlooked. Definitely. Not, not only are the Leafs not stable, but the Rangers and Penguins aren't yeah. stable too. It's great. <laughs> it's a great time to be an Islanders fan. So soak it in. Enjoy it. Uh, even when the weather is uh, shitty, as it has been occasionally lately. But uh, sometimes it's nice. But thank you very much. Uh, we'll be back again with another episode of Weird Island. Uh, we'll be back again with another episode of Islanders Anxiety uh, in a couple of weeks, uh, barring any kind of news that might actually happen at some point. Uh, and thanks a lot. And we'll talk to you again later. Bye-bye. 